0: The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace Richmond Hills. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God.
1: And his spiritual songs come on, just blast in the spirit. <speaking> in <Spanish> Yes, Lord, you Lord. a love you. We love you. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. We give you the glory and your praise. We thank you for your presence that is here tabernacling
0: in this throne of grace. Thank you for finding expression in this glorious sanctuary. Thank you, Lord, for this conference, because conference is the gathering of people to address an issue. Thank you for what you have placed before us, living the life of purpose. King of glory, we are trusting you. As you have said in your word, after three days we will be revived in your presence. We are trusting you that the purpose for which we have been created Lord God Almighty, will find expression in a new light. Even upon our lives and destiny in the name of Jesus. We're trusting you for a shift in the realm of the spirit. That is going to be a new day in many lives. That Lord will begin to walk in the pedestrian. That you are prepared for us even before the foundation of the world. According to your predetermined counsel for our lives. The Bible says only your purpose will stand. And we are here over this weekend trusting you that the spirit and grace to accomplish this desire of your heart accomplishment in our lives will be settled forever. In the name of Jesus, we give you the glory and praise. We ask you to bless everyone who had been involved in preparing for this conference. We thank you for your set man and set woman over this house. That have waited on you believed you for what you want to do in the life of a people Amen. we say the laborer is the first partaker of the fruit let theirs also come to limelight in the name of jesus Amen. we're trusting you for all the leadership and all the various teams that have worked towards this conference let your blessings be upon them let them partake of the greater grace in the name of jesus we are trusting you for those That would discover purpose in this place. We're trusting you for those coming from the north, south, east, and west, friends, families, well wishers, those that are just passing by, those that have appointment with destiny. Lord, draw them to this place according to your divine orchestration and ordinance in the name of Jesus Christ. We're trusting you that it will be a glorious time in your presence. Anoint your word. Let it come with power tonight. Amen. Let it mix with faith in the hearts of your people. Amen. Let everyone hearing the sound of your voice, both in house and online, never remain the same. Amen. We're trusting you, Lord, for a major transformation over this weekend. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Come on, put those winning hands together for Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's be seated in His presence. I want to thank God for the most beautiful choir and the whole GTA. Praise God. Uh, Amen. Beauty is in the eye eye of the beholder. Praise God. That is not to say. I mean, I will say the same thing. You should appreciate your pastor. That is uh, speaking very well of you. Amen. And uh, I want to. I want you to celebrate yourselves tonight. That's wonderful. I want to thank God. Come on, let's celebrate uh, fragrance. Uh, I want to thank God for your lives. Uh, the path of the just is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter. Uh, every time I come to this sanctuary, I must confess, uh, it's always looking more beautiful. Hallelujah. I am sure that is what the scripture says. It says the path of the just is like a shining light. It shines how? Brighter Brighter and brighter. Not dimmer and dimmer. It's always brighter and brighter. Praise God. So I want to celebrate the leadership, especially uh, the set man over the house. I want to congratulate you on this eighth uh, grace conference. And it's growing in leaps and in bounds in Jesus' name. Praise God. The time is coming, you will not have enough room to contain people. Amen. Uh, every hotel in town will be booked. Amen. Why? Because people are coming outside town just to attend the conference. Well, some of you, your amen is not loud as if you don't believe. But you can ask him when the church started, it was just two and three people. But look at all of you here. What brought you? The same power that brought you will bring them. In the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, that's how God's work is. So I want to thank you, especially, Sama for the privilege once again to come and speak on this highly exalted altar to your people. And uh, on the platform that God has called you to to exert the gift and callings of God upon your life. You're a man of grace. You speak volumes of grace. Your life is all about grace. In fact, any time I see you, you said what you convert in me, that's what I convert in you. It's just the grace. And especially your amiable wife, she's so gracious. Praise God. Grace and humility I hold in high esteem. Very humble folks, very unassuming, but you are just full of grace. And that speaks to, I want to say, to the works your own father, because you, are, you come from a generation of priests, it is not surprising that you see the seed of the righteous doing well. It's just normal. Praise God. And I trust God you pass it to generations even yet unborn from the bowels in Jesus' name. I salute the entire leadership. I thank God for the bass guitarist. It was my inspiration years ago. I still looked at my bass guitar January this year. I said, Will I have time for you this year? Praise God. But he has been improving when he was this high. Now I see he's very he's much more taller now. Praise God. And I saw how he was moving his hands, his strings. He's now praying like a pro, hitting it, hitting the strings. I said, That's what I see in my dreams. Amen. The inspiration hasn't stopped. I'll still go and look at my bass guitar very well when I get. He's right beside my desk in my office. We stare at each other every day. I know one day I will conquer him. Praise God. And thank God for your life. I fragrance. Thank God for your life once again, sir. That was a beautiful ministration. So will I. Amen. And I see you have taken the, the the choir to the next level indeed, praise God. More grace and more unction to function Amen. in the name of Jesus. And thank you, sir. You have been, uh, what's the name again, sir? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, that's right. That's, I knew I had a quote, but the quote was, uh, and Daniel, thank God for you, Daniel. Praise God. The Lord will continue to bless you mightily. Amen. Thank you for your consistency consistent fellow. And God will reward you in the name of Jesus. Fragrance, beautiful, your faces were looking more beautiful, praise God. Those that are not yet married amongst you, I pray that God will speak to this uh, young men that don't like talking these days. (laughs) Praise God. They will talk. Hallelujah. Amen. And thank God for your life, sir. God's grace is upon your life. So strong. Amen. You have a strong call upon your life. I hope you know that. Uh, praise God. Uh, we will talk after because I had a prophetic word for you when we were just, we'll speak after. And uh, once again, daddy and mommy in the house, we salute you. Praise God. Come on, show them some love today. <laughs> Is that all the love you can show? I said, let them feel loved. Praise God. Thank you so much, Salma. The Lord bless you. Amen. So let's go into the Word of God quickly tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Fulfilling purpose, that's what we have before us. Fulfilling purpose. Now, if you're writing, I want you to write. If you're typing, type fast. Praise God. And I will just try and make it a more of a family meeting today. It won't be a fiery preaching. Amen? A family meeting. We want to lay the foundation of where we are going. Praise God. Hallelujah. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding unto the simple. Bless your word tonight. Let everyone under the sound of your voice never go back remaining the same. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. I brought a word to you, captioned, I will reach my goal. What did I say? I will reach my goal. When we want to talk of purpose, You are talking of the original intent in the heart of God concerning a person, a group of people, a city, a nation, or a thing created by him. Purpose is all about the original intent in the heart of God when that thing was created. The God you and I serve is a God of purpose. In fact, the scriptures warns he doesn't do anything without a purpose. If you see God do something, there is a reason, there is a purpose, there is an original intent at the back of his mind before it was done. And one of the things you should know that whatever God does is forever. Whatever God does is original. Whatever God does is intact. Intact. And that is why I want to first announce to you this awesome evening that you are original. Tell your neighbor I'm not a photocopy. I'm not fake. I am original. DNA technology already tells you that there are no two of your kind. Are you listening to me? Fingerprint technology confirms it, that there is no two of your kind. Announce to the second person. If this first person doesn't believe you, announce to the second person that concerning me, look at me very well. I am original. I am original. Oh, say it like you mean it. I am original. Praise God. Now, you need to know it as playful and as joyful as that statement is. I want you to know that if you go deeper in its meaning. There are a lot of things that are not supposed to be in your life that are still hanging around you. They will drop of their own accord. Amen. If you live in the revelation of these truths, I'm sharing with you today. Say one more time I am original. I am, original. I am created for a particular reason. I am created for a particular, for a particular, for a particular purpose. purpose. Many in life, over 7 billion people in this world, Many don't know the reason why they are created. That is why I put to you that many people are just existing. They are not living. The day you discover your purpose, you start living and stop existing. You start living. Many people are just existing, occupying space, occupying, taking part of the oxygen and contributing it back. But in the original plan of God, That's not what you are just uh, created for, just to begin to contribute to the ecosystem. You are breathing in, breathing out. Plants are, okay, this one is not original. (laughs) Plants plants are breathing out uh, carbon monoxide. You are taking in the oxygen and giving it back, and so on. That's not what you are created for. That's not all what you are created for. Just to be part of the ecosystem, no, you are bigger than that. Praise God. Do you understand me? You are bigger than that. There is an original intent in the heart of God. People are looking for it. You don't need to look for it. You only need to discover it. It's already within you. It's coded. Amen? Amen. Believe these statements I'm telling you tonight. We are still going to go into scriptures and find it out that, oh, it is already there before. Praise God. Everybody said, like you mean it. There is something in the heart of God when he created me. When I came to this world, I came with that reason. I came with that purpose. My assignment is to discover what that purpose is. The day I discover that purpose, I stop existing. I start living life. Come on, say amen to that. Amen. So it's not just survival and existence that your life is all about. It's about living. Praise the Lord. Amen. And over this grace conference, that is our goal. That you want to be helped to discover that purpose of God for your life. And you want to be helped to walk in that purpose. Praise God. Now, It looks like a bogus uh, statement. Uh, Purpose, purpose, purpose. People have different versions. People have different things to say about purpose. But let's see the original plan of God. What does God have to say about purpose? Turn to Psalm 33. I hope I'm not going too fast. Psalm 33. From verses 13 to 15. Verses 13 to 15. Please. Please. Note this scripture very well. Even after this conference, keep on meditating on it. There are three categories of people over this. Some of you have discovered. You have discovered the reason you are born. Some of you, you are in between it. You are in an environment of it, but you haven't laid your hands on it. Some of you, you don't even have a clue you just a purpose purpose you've heard purpose purpose but you don't even know where to start you don't know where, where to where to pick it from so let's start from this psalm 33 to know where it comes from to know where to start from praise god the lord looks from heaven and he sees all the sons of men it's like somebody in a supervisory position he looks from what his dwelling he looks at all the sons of men. Praise God. He's seen everybody. Praise God. From verse 14, he says, from the place of his dwelling, he looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. Again, repeating it. Now, all the inhabitants of the son of the earth, I thank God for verse 14. Because if you read verse 13 alone, the feminists will say, there we go again. The Bible is one-sided, sons of men. When he's talking of sons of men, it includes daughters of women. You understand? <laughs> Praise God. We need to settle that uh, because the fe- feminists in our midst can say there we go again. It's one-sided, this and that. Praise God. Okay, let's break it down. In the original Greek subsergent. when you hear sons in the Bible, he's talking about male and female. It's talking about the spirit of a man, okay? Sp- I've used man again. Uh, <laughs> the spirit of human beings. Do you understand? The spirit of human. In the spirit, there's no male or female. Do you understand? So the Bible uses sons, uh, heels. That's the original meaning. Heels means uh, the matured ones, matured ones. We are all children of God. Matured children are called heels. In the physical, it can be male or female, but in the spirit, there's no male nor female. That's why when you get to heaven, there's no marrying or praise God. No matter how much you love the guy and I love, I'm in love. I'm in love. There's no <laughs> praise God. That's why there's no marriage or giving to marry. Okay, don't diversify the message. Let's stick to purpose. Okay. All right. From the place of his dwelling, he looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. Look at what he concludes. From the place of his dwelling, he looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioned their hearts. How? Individually. Everyone is unique. As he's looking from heaven, everyone their heart has been fashioned in such a way. Purpose. Their heart has been. You, you are not the same as. That's why we don't compete with each other in the body of Christ. We only complete each other. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because of purpose. You have been fashioned in a particular way. Praise God. I thought somebody would be excited about that. Tell your neighbor again, I'm unique. Okay, say it from your pedigree. I'm unique. Oh. Uh huh. They put all oh, behind everything. I don't know why. People born in my wife's come from where my, my wife was born. That's what they do. He considers all their works. He considers all their works. All that they do, he considers it. But he has fashioned them how? Individually. Note that in verse 15. Everyone has been fashioned how? Individually. Each one has been created for a particular purpose. And I've told you something today, that this message is captioned what? I will reach my goal. The meaning of that message is that what I've been fashioned for, I'm going to fulfill it. Whether the devil likes it or not, you fulfill it. That's what God wants to instill in you. It's not just to learn about something. Hey, oh, I've been fashioned for something. Eh, hey, I didn't know. Uh, uh, That's not the attitude. The attitude is what I've been created for. I'm going to fulfill it. Are you listening to me? Yes, That's what this conference is all about. That, that thing God has created it for, you are going to not only discover it, you are going to pursue it and you are going to fulfill it. Amen. You are going to find it you are going to follow it and you are going to finish it. That's what it's all about. Praise God. Many in life are not even pursuing the purpose. Many that have discovered it are not pursuing it. Many pursuing it are not determined enough to fulfill it. You must follow, you must find, you must follow, and you must fulfill it. Can I hear an amen from it?) Amen. Say that amen as if you mean it. You must find it, you must follow it, and you must do what? Finish it or fulfill it. So the first question before is, how are we going to find it? The Bible says in Psalm 33, 15, like we said, read earlier, that God has fashioned it in our hearts. That is God has put it in your heart. Everybody say my purpose is in my heart. heart. It is there. Praise God. It is there. Believe it that it is there. Because he fashioned you individually. Before you were born. He said he had known you. Before your father ever met your mother. You have existed in the mind of God. And he appointed that okay. Is that family you are going to come forth. Praise God. And the reason he had put you in that family and the reason why what you are going to accomplish on this earth that is his own, he has fashioned it in your heart. Are you listening to me? Oh, you are hearing words of destiny today. Praise God. Well, that's my core in life. I'm all about destiny. Praise God. I'm passionate about destiny. I want people to fulfill their destiny. Because it's a very interesting story. That's what you are born for. Destiny. What's in the very mind of God. Praise God. Are you with me? It's in your heart. That's the first thing I want you to see. God, I've shown you scriptures. that showed you that God has fashioned it in your own heart individually. Praise God. Now, taking it a step further. Proverbs 4.23 now begins to say some things. He said, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. This is one of the issues. Your destiny, your purpose, it has been fashioned in your heart. That's why your heart, you can't let it be anyhow. The enemy wants to plant seeds, sow seeds, pollute your heart, do all sorts to your heart. It's so that you will not recognize, even if your destiny is before you, you will not be able to recognize. Why? Because your heart can't even pick signals. About your destiny. Praise God. He says keep your heart. With all diligence. For out of it. Spring the issues of life. Praise God. Hallelujah. How do you keep your heart. With all diligence. Let me quickly share that one with you today. Because it's a long weekend. We've got to grab everything we can grab. Okay, Four, four ways to keep your heart. That's the first nugget I'm giving you today. Number 1. Number 1. Protect your uniqueness. You are wired specially. Don't be somebody else. That's the first thing. Don't be somebody else. Protect yourself. Protect your uniqueness. Write it down if you're writing. Protect your uniqueness. That's how to guard your heart. That's number 1. Number 2. Prepare for your assignment. Your assignment is not your purpose, but your assignments will lead you to your purpose. So, prepare for your assignment. Prepare. The Bible says, Jotham became mighty because he prepared his way before the Lord is God." Preparation is the mother of manifestation. When you are not prepared, you lose out. The God you and I serve is a God of preparation. He said in Amos 4.12, because the Lord your God has said he will do these things, so therefore, son of man, prepare to meet your God. Many people will not make heaven, not because heaven is not made for them. It's lack of preparedness. Prepare. The Bible says there were ten virgins. Five were foolish, five were wise. But they were virgins. They did not pollute themselves with the affairs of this world. They were virgins. But the Bible says eventually, How many made it out of the ten? Only five. What was responsible? Why didn't the other five make it? Lack of preparation. No oil in the alarm. They didn't prepare. I said, I preached a a message uh, some weeks ago in church. I said, rapture is made for Christians, but not every Christian will make rapture. Lack of preparation. People don't prepare. So prepare, prepare, make sure you are never caught on prepare, you are prepared, prepare for everything, prepare, make it a culture of yours to prepare. Number three, pursue what God has put in your heart. That's how to keep your heart with all diligence, pursue what God has put in your heart. And number four, patiently wait. Wait. For the right moment to act. Patiently do what? Wait for the right moment to act. Moses was too hasty. It cost the Israelites 30 years extra. God said for 400 years they will be in bondage. He raised Moses up for this purpose to deliver them. But because he was too hasty. Praise God. It cost them extra 30 years. There will be no delay in your life in Jesus' name. In finding purpose, I said the first thing you do is to find it. In finding purpose, I've told you where to find it. Where do we find purpose? In our our hearts. Very good. In your heart. Listen to me. It's a simple principle. If you believe God, it starts with believing. The Bible says if you believe, you will see what? You will see the glory of God. Believe that God has put it in your heart. He wants you to fulfill something. Why would he be hiding it from you? Right. Does it make sense? Why would he be hiding it from you? He just wants you to be responsible enough to pick it. He's not hiding it from you. Praise God. Hey, son, you, you might have uh, cars in your house. Four cars, five cars. Your son wakes up one day. say he wants one. He owns everything already. He wants one, no problem. But you don't just give him to start driving. You want him to be responsible, isn't it? So yeah. uh, you tell him, uh, "Do you have money for insurance?" <laughs> uh, so if he can't get money for insurance, you say, "No, this thing is yours, but we have to pay insurance." That's all. Then he will know. Ah, okay. We have to do something to get there. Uh, Get it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Huh? So, that is how a father is to us. He has put purpose in our heart, but he wants you to be responsible. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That you can take that purpose and run with it. Now, let me show you some scriptures. Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, verse 22. Are you enjoying this? Okay. Acts 7, 22. We are going to read 22. Well, maybe to 28, but go on. Let's see where we'll get to. Acts 720. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Talk of preparation. Praise God. You remember his purpose in life was to do what? To, to be the deliverer. That's his purpose. But see preparation going on. Okay? Why was he prepared in this way? You understand? So that when he should appear before Pharaoh, he will not be saying nonsense. Don't mind people when they are making noise. Have you seen people before say, Who is Trudeau? Trudeau. I do know. But they will talk about Trudeau. Trudeau, anyhow. But let Trudeau just come like this. You see? <laughs> people, people will lose their word. See? <laughs> People will they, will, they will even be speechless. Have you, have you, am I talking? Uh, because when you stand before dignitaries, uh, you need to stand the corridor of power before you know what I'm talking about. You're, you just, everything will just shut up in awe. <laughs> even everything, if, if they ask you your name, at that point, it all, you just say, M, um, M, um, M. Um. I'm telling you, when you stand before, Kings are not mere men, which which you are ordained to as a child of God. But you see, you must be prepared for it. Otherwise, you just say, "Eh, eh, eh, Go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. You just reach in front of Pharaoh. Eh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, you live forever. (laughs) Even the messenger has forgotten it. (laughs) Praise God. So he was cooled. Uh, Please put the scripture there. I'm just trying to relate it to preparation for you. That's why you need to go to school. Hmm? Don't be shy. Don't be afraid of going to school. Go to school. You have PhD and so what? They're supposed to be PhD. Go. Yes. Yes. Praise God. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and he must know how to speak. You remember, they said it was his stammerer. But uh, his stammering, it surpasses people who can even speak normal. Uh, uh, you see that? Now, when he was 40 years old, how old? 40, 40. It came into his heart. Ah. Ah. It came to his heart to do what? <laughs> Destiny has started. It came to where? So some things will just come to your heart. You can't explain it. But it came to your heart. If you ask pastor now, why did you start church? It just came to his heart. But he's a successful businessman. He's a successful person in his profession. Why does he want to carry this headache of people (laughs) on his head? (laughs) Destiny. It came. Why did you do the course you are doing? It just came to your heart. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It just comes to your heart. That is where purpose starts. It will come to your heart. Are you listening to me? There are things that will come. That's why you need to pay attention to your heart. The Bible says, guide it with all diligence. I've given you the four principles to guard your heart. But listen to me. It will come to your heart. That is where destiny starts. It will come to your heart. That's how to find it. It will come to your heart. That's why as a child of God, don't expose your heart to nonsense. Don't make it a dumping ground for the enemy. Guard your heart with all diligence. Because that is where purpose is dropped. The reason you are living is there. People may know the voice, people may not know the voice, but he did not talk about the voice of God here, not yet. It's your heart, first of all. Something has been dropped there. Something has been wired there. You have been wired for something. You may not know it, but it will come to your heart. I said it will come to your heart. Over this weekend, As many people that don't, haven't received the purpose of their living yet. I say over this weekend, it will come to your heart. Perhaps it has not you before. You didn't pay attention. You will be reminded over this weekend. In the name of Jesus Christ. It came to his heart. It came to his heart that he should visit his own children, his own people. Let's read the story on because I want to tell you one or two things about purpose. Even after you have no purpose. It says, I've seen one of the... okay." Uh, No, go to 23 again. Now, when he was 40 years old, he came to his heart that he should visit his brethren, the children of Israel. He was an Israelite, but he was being trained as an Egyptian. Praise God. But he knew where he belonged. Something had come to his heart that he should visit his brethren. Who told him that they were his brethren? It came to his heart. And seeing one of them suffer. Suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. Yes, go on. We are going to 28. For he pro- supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand. But they did not understand. That is where many people make mistakes. You think because it came to your heart, everybody will agree with you. Ah, I'm going to Harvard. Mm. (laughs) You say Harvard. Even you of teeth, you've not gotten admission. You say Harvard. (laughs) These people like you, they are looking. But he came to your heart. Mm. Say your heart. Maybe you ate pizza last night. Maybe uh, meat lovers. You ate meat lovers. Then you are loving everything. Praise God. No. Don't think everybody will agree with you. On what came to your heart. Oh, you have in your heart, you are going to do this. This business you are going to start. It's going to go global. Mm. People don't even believe in your business yet. You are talking of global. In local community, we are saying they've killed it already. Are you listening to me? Not everybody, you see, this is a mistake. He supposed that his brethren would understand, that this thing came to my heart. It came to my heart. These people should understand. I avenged you yesterday. Have you tried to help people before? That, that, that they will tell you that, did I ask for your help? <laughs> Praise God. But, but you suppose that they were going to, no, 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 no. No, no, no. So be, be careful. That it came to your heart does not mean people will agree with you. It's only him you need to agree with, you know, people. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Let's keep on going. I'm just quickly summarizing my message. And the next day, he appeared to two of them as they were fighting and tried to reconcile them, saying, man, you are brethren. Why do you wrong one another? You see, the thing still in his heart. He's reacting from what has been put in his heart that these are my people. He loves them. You know? He's called to them. Praise God. See what how they answered him. But he who did his neighbor wrong, pushed him away, saying, who made you ruler, or oh, judge of ours? You see? Here is the deliverer. They are saying, who made you ruler? Why is he behaving like that? He came to his heart. The people he came to his heart for, are they receiving him? Are they welcoming him? No. So be careful on this journey. The mere fact that it came to your heart, the mere fact that you have discovered your purpose does not mean you will get a standing ovation. In fact, opposition has just begun. Amen. And that is where some people run away from their purpose. Moses could have been discouraged here. Moses should have, I mean, now, see what happened to him. Because he killed somebody on behalf of the people who don't want him. He went on exile for forty years. The same God now sent him back. If it were you, will you go back to such a message? No, you won't. I know some of you here. Me? Hmm. (laughs) You will not accept. Are you listening to me? For purpose, it came to his heart. Verse twenty-eight. Do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? The very thing you used to rescue people, they will use it against you. <laughs> so be prepared. You still want to live a life of some purpose? Tell your neighbor, be prepared. Ah, You must get some steel in your back. All right? You must get some steel in your back. Are you still with me? It will come to your heart. And I want you to know it's going to come to your heart over this weekend. Whatever purpose it is. I prayed for you and I'm going to keep on praying for you over this weekend. That it will come to your heart. The reason for your living will come to your heart. I've read many books about men that, I mean, I've almost hit 2,000 biographies now that I've I've read of men who hit their purpose. One of, the, one of the ones that excite me most is this guy called William Booth. How many people know William Booth? That's the guy who started found the, uh, Salvation Army. He woke up one day. He said, I have found it. I have found it. I have found it. What did he find? The reason for his living. He said, I have discovered my destiny. And Salvation Army could not stop. He was taking it from nation to nation, city to city. Region to region. Continent to continent. Say, I found it. I found my destiny. I found it. I found my destiny. Over this weekend, you will jump and shout that you have found it. You have found your purpose. You have found the reason for your living. You have found and discovered the purpose of your existence in the name of Jesus. He said, I found it. I found it. You will find yours. In the name of Jesus. I said it will come to your heart. Number two, I've also explained that he supposed his brethren were going to embrace it. I've told you they but they understood not. not. people, no people will not understand with you your purpose. People may not agree with you, but don't let that take your purpose away from you. Praise God. Did you get that? So put it there, if you're writing down. Don't presume. Don't presume. You are not Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. You your name is not Raymond. Oh, is your name Raymond? Uh-huh. Everybody loves Raymond. Okay. Off the record, that was one of my favorite uh, TV series. All right. Living a life of purpose. Now, finding it. After you have found it, where did I say you find it? In your heart. The next thing to do after finding it is to pursue it. Some people find it, they put it in their heart, and it remains in their heart for the rest of their life. They become storytellers. Oh, what were you born to do? Oh, I've been born. Uh, is to write. God has given me a ministry of writing. When the, what have you written so far? It's on my desktop. <laughs> and if you meet them five years' time, it's the same thing. There's a revelation. Ah, they say that revelation is outdated. They are fine-tuning it. Really? Praise God. That is why then you introduce them to, that's why there's first edition, second edition third edition. Get one edition at least out. (laughs) Praise God. So you see people, they sit on it for the rest. They don't pursue it. You must be a passionate person when you want to get the purpose out. I just told you of William Booth. What a pursuit. What a passion. What a restless human being. And thank God he followed it voraciously. As if he knew that time was not on his side. Praise God. So living a life of purpose, the next thing after finding it is to pursue it. Acts 1921. Let me show you another wonderful guy. He's one of my guys in the scripture. I love him so much. And that's a man we fondly call Apostle Paul. Look, this was a guy too who discovered purpose you see when god first encountered him let me quickly tell you something about about destiny you can receive destiny two ways one is intrusive vision intrusive very few people get intrusive vision intrusive vision simply means when heavens step into the terrain of your life you hear a voice directly or you have an encounter or something like that. It's not everybody that has that in this life. If you are looking for that, don't go and look for it. All because some monster can show up for you and you say, uh-huh. Don't go and look for it. It's heaven's thing. Heaven can do that on its own. It's not, we are not saying it doesn't happen. It's possible. But majority of people fall into the second category, which is called inspired vision. When you get, when you get inspired. Now the two can work together. The two can be separate. Sometimes one and the other works. Somebody like Apost- uh, somebody like uh, Apostle Paul, like I was saying, he first had an intrusive vision. It was not clear what heaven wanted him to do. God just met him in Acts chapter nine, told him that he was going to he was going to do some work for him, and that was it. No plan, nothing was there, but. He knew he was going to walk with God. That's it. Now, further in his life, after he knew he was going to walk for God, but what particularly, in what area was he going to walk? Now, listen to me. In Acts chapter 19, verse 21, Acts 19, 21, when these things were accomplished, Paul proposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Asia, to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. Now, the scripture put it this way here, that he proposed in the spirit. What is really, what's really happening to him there? He came to his heart. God bless you. He came to his heart. That's another language for something coming to your heart. You propose in your spirit. It came to his heart that there is something about Rome in his life. He did not know. He did not hear the voice of God, but it came to his heart that Rome was part of his destiny. There was a purpose of God for him in Rome. Little did he know that generations yet unborn were waiting for him to visit Rome. Because in Rome was where two-thirds of the Bible was written in Rome. Can you believe it? All our New Testament, two thirds of the New Testament was written in this room, he must get to. Do you see that he must get to Rome? Do you see why he has to get to Rome? He must get to Rome. He himself, God did not tell him that you will go to Rome and because you're going to Rome, uh, you are going to write the Bible there. God didn't tell him. But it had come to his heart. Purpose. It has come to us. What is God putting in your heart? The details may not be there yet. It's not that he doesn't give details. Don't run around and say, well, there's no details. He just put it in your mm. You know, Christians these days, you have to balance everything. So people can be spooky about how they go about their living. Praise God. Oh, yeah, we need to balance things. Amen. He knew from the core of his being that he must visit Rome. That Rome was part of his destiny. It came to his heart that he must get to Rome. Details he did not know. Like I said, little did he know that the two-thirds of the New Testament will be written in Rome. A lot of things happened in Rome that he didn't even have a clue when it came to his heart that he had to get to Rome. But he pursued it. He pursued it. In fact, there was a time in Acts 21 verse 4, he visited a place, one of the churches he was overseeing, and there was a man who was a prophet, had about four daughters who were virgins. They came, they prophesied to him. They said, the man that has this cloth, this is what's going to happen to you. As you are going to that same Jerusalem, you will not even have got into the room in Jerusalem. They will beat the daylight out of you. You are going to be persecuted. You are going to be panel beaten. <laughs> A lot of things are going to happen to you. He said, not only was he ready, he was ready to die for the gospel. But he must get to Rome. Rome was... You see, one thing about destiny is that you must ruggedly pursue it. You mustn't give up. I see people giving up these days, even on their salvation. Why? Say, God did not pay their rent. They believe God for rent. He didn't, he didn't come up and they give up. Say, they are not going to church anymore. Why? Pastor didn't visit them. Different things. Different things annoy people these days. They call off the tie. <laughs> see, I don't like his bow tie. The guest today should have put on a long tie. Why a bow tie? The other one, he said, he shouldn't have put on any tie. It's business casual. Praise God. Is he your tie? <laughs> if you don't like this one, go and buy yours now. <laughs> Praise God. Little things offend people. A world of offense. Little things. People become, fight over little things. She didn't greet me well. And that has become your destiny. (laughs) You wonder what part of the world are people living in? He bought bought the first house. We celebrated. He bought the second house. We celebrated. He bought the third house. Why did he buy three? Is it the only one? Why souls are perishing? There are a lot of poor people in town. There are a lot of poor people. He's not feeding the poor. Why is he buying houses? How many is he taking to heaven? Huh? Huh? Then you know there is bitter lemon and there are bitter people. (laughs) Not everybody that's celebrating with you, rejoices with you. Little things offend people. And you wonder, Come on. We've got to be Christians. We've got to be children of God. Let's stop all this big You know what happens these days? It's unbelievable. You find believers in the same church, don't greet each other. If one sits on this side, this one is sitting on this side, automatically. It's only the pastor that knows that. <laughs> when we even say, let's greet each one another, you see one going to the toilet. You see the other one going to the external toilet there? What? Oh, it doesn't happen in this church, does it, do it? doesn't. It doesn't happen. We don't allow it here. Praise God. Amen. That's not how to pursue destiny. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That's not Jesus' lifestyle we've been called to live. We forgive one another. Ah, I can't forgive him. I can't. Oh, you are misperfect. You can't forgive anybody. Oh, you do everything right. From birth, you have been right. Amen. Praise God. You don't do that. Some people say, I'm leaving church. I'm leaving that church. I'm going to another church because I'm finding a perfect church. I say congratulations. The day you find that church, let me know. Because I know the day you join that church... It has become an imperfect church. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Eh, come on. Tell somebody I forgive you. Eh, it's, not worth it. it's not worth it. Life is too precious. Than, uh, you understand? We have a short while on this part of eternity. So let's live it well. Okay. Acts, Acts 21 verse 4. Write it down. That's where Paul was being told about uh, the persecutions he was going to go through and so on. But he still, he still did not give up. At the end of his journey, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. And I know there is left for me a crown of righteousness. Not only for me, and all those who love Is appearing. Let me tell you something. Excuse me, did Apostle Paul finish well? He finished well. He finished well. He finished very well. Praise God. God showed him obstacles that will be ahead. And I'm trying to tell you the mere fact you want to pursue destiny because it's a God thing, you heard God, or even if you didn't hear God, He put it in your heart and you want to pursue it. I'm not, I'm telling you, there's no guarantee that it's going to be a bed of roses. The world out there is a wicked world. It's a voracious world. It's a wicked world. People stab you in the back. People stab you in the front. They stab. We pastors, let me tell you, they stab us, stab us, and twist it. You know, if, if they stab it and leave it alone, it would have been okay. They would twist it. What's that? Just to make sure it pains you more. Praise God. And I tell myself, I'm, especially when I'm encouraging my wife, I said, "This is the business we have chosen." <laughs> This is the business we have chosen. That's a line from Godfather anyway. If you, if you, I know some people who laughed very well. They know, it's the classic uh, of the century. Uh, <laughs> praise God. is what we have chosen. I mean, life can sometimes be, be be, tough and rough. But like I said, you've got to get some steel in your back. You want to, you want to fulfill destiny? Then you've got to give it what it takes. Even our Lord Jesus, the one we are following, the Bible says it got to a point. Amen? Amen. It got to a point. He said, Let this cup pass me by. It wasn't a joke. Let this cup do what? Pass me by. It's too tough. It's too hard. Cup means price. The price was heavy. He said, But not your will, but mine be done. I mean, not my will, but yours be done. So that is the way we pursue it. Amen? God's will is sovereign. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, following the life of Paul on, I begin to bring it to a close. In Acts twenty-three, eleven, put it down. He was on his way to Rome. He suffered, of course, a lot. He suffered a shipwreck. But you see, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And this is where I want you to note. It can come to your heart. You begin to pursue it. But listen to me. It is when you are pursuing it that it will come crystal clear. Because in your pursuit, you will hear the voice. This is where rubber hits the road. All the while, you may not hear anything. You may not have any... But you just know it's in your heart. It's a hard thing. But it is while pursuing it, you will hear the voice. The Bible says the voice of the Lord will beat down every manifestation of Assyria. When the voice of God comes over your life, that is the assurance that this is not my thing. It is God's thing. Oh, and he will speak to you. You will hear his voice. Oh, the voice of God is sweet. I'll talk more about that on Sunday. We will learn principles of hearing God's voice. Because we need to hear. Your strongest weapon in this end time is hearing the voice of God. To follow the leading of God. To have divine direction in your life. That everywhere you go, everywhere you turn, the voice of God. Is there. He said, You will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Go in it. When the, when the thing was tough, an angel of God appeared to uh, Paul in the night. He said, For your sake, because I'm the one sending you to Rome, he said, You will surely testify in Rome. And for your sake, everybody on this ship, none of them will die. They will get to the destination. So, in the midst of the shipwreck, Paul announced to all of them, you are covered. He said, some people were trying to escape over the boat. He told them, if you go, you are on your own. The insurance only covers those on this boat. Ha! <laughs> huh? Authority. God will give you authority. Yeah. Why was he saying all that? He had heard God. He had heard God. And when they got to the island, uh, I see supernatural has just started. A snake came on his hand. And he did what to the snake? Shake up the beast into the... Ah, you are old school. (laughs) He shook it into the fire. The people in the place said, Ah, this man must be a wicked man. Ah, ah. After shipwreck again... Snake bite. Ah uh-uh. ah. Look, let me tell you, it can be rough. People will talk behind you. Get a crocodile skin. Let your skin be thick. Let them talk. They talked about Jesus Christ. Before he came, they were talking. While he was around, they were talking. After he had left, they were still talking. People will talk, talk, talk. Backbiters are always at the back. They will keep on biting from the back. Do you understand? So, don't let that move you. Don't let it bother you. So, say, I have a destiny to fulfill. I have a purpose to pursue. That's all. They are pursuing their own thing for now. Talk, talk, backbite. Let them have their flaw. Are you listening to me? Concerning Apostle Paul, what did he do again? After he shook the beast into the fire, they waited for him. They thought he was just going to fall and die. But nothing like that happened. He was waxing stronger and stronger. What did they do? They now brought out their gods. They said, the gods have come in the likeness of men. They knew that this one is not an ordinary man. They will say of you, you are not ordinary. They will recognize the God behind you. You see, it's until you begin to pursue the purpose of God for your life. That is when people will begin to recognize that something behind you is too much for whatever they are thinking against you. Are you listening to me? Oh, somebody here, you will reach your goal. I say you will reach your goal. Paul was determined to get to Rome. He was determined to reach his goal. And he got there. He reached there. He fulfilled the reason why God sent him there to write the gospel. While he was in prison there, he was writing the gospel. Are you listening to me? Oh, somebody's under the sound of my voice. You will reach your goal. It's not the end of your life. Let people take a paparazzi shot of you now. They thought this is the maximum you can ever be. You have not even started. You have not entered the tarmac to task for a takeoff. They have not seen you yet. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Then you will go so far that they will not see your brake lights. In the name of Jesus Christ, somebody under my voice will reach his goal, will fulfill his or her destiny. In the name of Jesus. Sunday, we are going to be continuing on how I am going to reach my goal. And you will reach it. Amen. Whether the devil likes it or not. One of the things I want you to look forward to is how to hear God's voice. I'm going to recommend some books for you to study, to read yourself, to buy. Because these are the days believers are not too conversant with hearing God's voice. It was our own Believers class 101, when we got saved. Hearing God's voice. Pursuing God's voice. A lot of things will be clarified. A lot of things will be clarified. And young girls, listen to me. A man that can't hear the voice of God, he's not qualified to be your husband. No? Don't go and marry project. I'm telling you. Otherwise, when, when the tough times come, you just honey, honey, give me hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Is it hot chocolate we are talking about? Praise God. You must, you must understand what I'm saying to you. Young men, young men, women that can't hear God's voice, you make them your wife. Hmm. You are looking for figure eight. Hmm. You see a lot of it. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm, te- I'm, I'm serious with you now. I'm serious. I'm serious. You better, you better focus on God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That is how your life will be of the better. And I thank God for the leadership of the house. I want to thank God for pastor and pastor missus because I knew they were th- those who got married in the Lord. And you have a good example in front of you. One of the best gifts you can give yourself is to marry right. I'm talking to young people now. Praise God. And that's one of the things you can begin to use your purpose to pray for. If indeed God has fashioned something in your heart, there is a right person for you. Do you understand? A God fearing person. Yes, a person that will hear God well. Amen. A person that will serve God well. Amen. God bless that sister saying amen. amen. Uh-huh. amen. Uh, it's true. You don't know when an angel is passing. She, she said amen. She said that. Praise God. Have you been blessed tonight? Hallelujah. Let's stand on our feet. Glory be to God. Now I want you. Thank you for listening to today's word, and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to infothroneofgracecanada.ca. The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives, establishing His kingdom.